Chapter Nineteen of Old Friends and New Fancies, an imaginary sequel to the novels of Jane Austen by Sibel G. Brinton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Salma Asif. It was impossible for either Kitty or Georgiana to think of anything else when they first awoke the next morning than that it was the concluding day of William Price's visit. Twenty-four hours more, and he would be on the point of departure. Twenty-four short hours were all that was left for an event of such prodigious importance. Georgiana knew of her friend's half-formed hopes that the acting in the last scene of the charades might have afforded an opening for the reality, and Kitty had not been a little chagrined at William's pronouncement that he wished Mr. Bertram had taken the part. But a night's rest had spierced these clouds, and in the happiest frame of mind, Miss Bennet went down early, ready to make the most of every instant of this precious day. A disappointment awaited her shortly after breakfast, for Mr. Darcy was so barbarous as to propose taking the gentleman to see the farm and the horses, and to this they actually agreed, Bingley only stipulating that they should return in good time, as he had made an arrangement to ride with Georgiana. The damp and muddy state of the ground would not permit of the ladies accompanying them, even the most venturesome and when they had all set out kitty found that there was nothing for her to do until their return but to hurry to the rectory in search of the consolation which mrs jennings was always ready to offer mrs darcy found an opportunity during the morning for a little quiet talk with her sister jane so thoroughly liked and respected was surprised that she was delighted to find elizabeth in agreement with her and related many instances of his sterling common sense good taste and amiable disposition which she had had time during her longer acquaintance to meet with elizabeth hazarded the suggestion as to his presumed intentions towards kitty that however earnest they may be it was possible that he didn't mean to make her an offer at present for his circumstances might not permit of it he was still young and his prospects might not be assured enough to warrant him in taking a wife jane was not inclined to think that any such obstacle stood in his way his cousin had told her that he had saved a considerable sum of money and that his brothers now being all out in the world his family were no longer dependent on his help besides which he knew he would be made a commander by the end of the year and after that it was only a matter of short time to an officer of his experience especially if a little interest could be exercised before he obtained the ship of his own bingley had heard of him from several persons in london and all agreed that there was not a more promising young lieutenant in the service these were the days of quick promotion, and his career, so far, gave rise to no expectation that he would be left behind. Elizabeth heard it all with pleasure, and would not give utterance to her solitary regret that Kitty should have been fated to fall in love with a man who, in the event of their marriage, would be obliged to spend the greater part of the year away from her. 
the gentlemen had returned from the walk by twelve o'clock and fitzwilliam and the two cousins waited near the front door to watch bingley and miss darcy starting for the ride hardly had the horses moved up and colonel fitzwilliam was considering what the guests might like to do next when tom bertram seized william by the arm and with a word of apology to the colonel carried him off to a distant patch i want to speak to you william he began with some abruptness and miss bennet will be popping out on us if i do not take this chance i want to know did you happen to hear what that gossiping old woman mrs jenkins or whatever she is called said to me last night just as she was leaving i certainly didn't hear anything particular but i am afraid one does not pay much attention to mrs jennings returned william then let me tell you she had the impertinence to give me the broadest hint i ever had in my life to give me if you please that i was paying court to miss darcy i never was more astounded i forgot exactly what she said but she made it quite clear and yes one remark i do recollect something about the charming future lady bertram good heavens exclaimed william what unpardonable insolence i have never heard anything more outrageously offensive was she i hope i hope tom that miss darcy didn't hear any of this no she was nowhere near at that time but imagine my feelings william never having dreamed of such a thing and then having it suddenly brandished in my face as it were by that odiously vulgar woman it was disagreeable certainly but i am thinking more of miss darcy's feelings as from what i know of her i can conceive nothing which would be more repugnant to her than to have such a subject bandied about in jest well you may make your mind easy for she was certainly not listening but that was not what i wanted to say of course it was a complete surprise to me but once it had been put into my head i could not help thinking of it and indeed i have been pondering over it ever since and have come to the conclusion that it would not be at all a bad thing what is this exclaimed william do you expect me to listen to you with patience tom when not three weeks ago you were sighing over miss thorpe and regretted your parents objection to her and declaring there was not such another girl in the world you need not be so hasty william you talk as if i were already on my knees to miss darcy when i have no intentions whatever towards her the idea was simply been put into my head by the circumstances and naturally i must think it out the idea has been put into your head by a foolish, shattering old woman, if you call her a circumstance, and coming from that quarter is not worth taking seriously for an instant. I do not know so much about that. It's true, she had no business to say it, but there was a reason in what she said. Miss Darcy would make an admirable Lady Bertram. Imagine my father's and mother's satisfaction if I could present such a girl to them as their daughter good god tom exclaimed william tearing his arm away 
the cold-blooded way in which she talk is more than one can bear weighing one girl against another as if it were a question of relative merit which she would throw the handkerchief to it's not much of a compliment to miss darcy to admit that you never thought whether she had attractions or not until mrs jennings suggested it to you i'm not considering paying compliments to miss darcy and i do not see why you should get so hot rejoined his cousin i merely wanted to talk it out with you quietly and ask your opinion but it is perfectly useless if you will fly into a passion at a word well what do you want my opinion about demanded william trying to speak in his ordinary tones tom was easily placated and really wanted to be talking so he resumed my difficulty is that i'm more or less involved with isabella of course we are both perfectly free nothing has passed between us that she could construe into an engagement i had to promise my parents that but at the same time i practically promised myself that i wouldn't do anything until i had seen her again which i expect to do in january now for the sake of this connection would it be better for me to break off entirely with the thorps by degrees you know i like isabella very much it's her family that wants to accept while these darcys are unexceptionable in every way but she herself is a devilishly fine girl with far more style about her than miss darcy you must admit that i think that the two ladies are not to be mentioned in the same breath with each other said william with difficulty restraining his indignation you think not that was what i wanted to arrive at well perhaps you're right though i always thought you needlessly prejudiced against poor isabella i certainly feel more and more the advantages of such an alliance as this on the worldly side that is for their dispositions i fancy that of my old friend would suit me best tom said william turning to face his cousin fully i cannot think what possesses you to talk in this detestable way can you not feel how horrible it is if you care for miss thorpe you cannot think of marrying a girl you meet directly after leaving her and have only known for a week whereas if you think for one moment of miss darcy with the feeling of a man ought to have if marriage is in his mind how can you possibly go on making comparisons between her and miss thorpe either way it's abominable treatment of one of them my dear william you are going to the other extreme just now you told me not to take anything mrs jennings said seriously yet you are assuming me to be in the most sober earnest all around when all i want is to give the matter the consideration it deserves miss darcy is very charming but i am quite heart whole where she is concerned at present and so no doubt is she as regards me but everything must have a beginning and if such difficulties are to be put in a way of my marrying isabella i could hardly do better than this at any rate it's worth thinking of i shall go home and see how things develop in the course of the weeks i can always come over again you know it is not the ends of the earth 
William broke from his cousin with an impatient gesture, and hurried away to another part of the grounds. Mr. Bertram looked after him in surprise, shrugged his shoulders, and returned to the house to establish himself by the fireside with a newspaper. Many inquiries were made for Mr. Price throughout the afternoon, to which Mr. Bertram could only say that he had seen him last in the garden, and it was not until nearly dinner time that he reappeared with a heated, wearied look, and confessed to having walked too far and missed his way in the park. Kitty had been on the verge of tears, as the hours of his absence went on, and even Georgiana had begun to look grave, but this explanation revived their drooping spirits to a great extent. Anyone might lose their way in such a large park, nearly ten miles round, and on a dark, foggy afternoon the path has looked all alike, and the stream had so many windings. It was quite evident that this unlucky circumstance alone had caused the delay. These considerations, and the most satisfactory glance at her mirror when she was dressed for the ball, renewed Kitty's bright hopes for the evening. She wished Lydia could see her now. How could regimental balls, however smart and gay, compare with the splendor, the importance of this occasion at Pemberley? The house, as she had always foreseen, was exactly right for a ball. The arrangements, the space, and all the details were spirit to those at Mrs. Knightley's house. Her dress had been given to her by Elizabeth, and was even prettier than the one she had worn in London, and there seemed to be numbers of pleasant partners, including several officers, though these gentlemen were not persons of such consideration to Kitty as formerly. She having now decided that the naval uniform was far handsomer than the military it only remained for mr price to ask for her hand in the first two dances and the gentlemen of the house were so long in appearing that she was in the utmost terror lest she should be obliged to give them away before he arrived but at last among a crowd of other men entering the room she discerned him he approached passing close to Georgiana, who was just being led into the ballroom by a neighbor and old friend, and came straight to where Kitty stood by Mrs. Binkley's side. How delightful to hear the words spoken in his own friendly way, and with his own charming smile. Well, Miss Bennet, I hope I may have the honor of these two dances, if I'm not too late. Kitty very joyously accompanied him to a place next to Georgiana and her partner in the set, and with equal joy made an engagement for other dances later in the evening. End of chapter 19